Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Phase zero, episode 48. God, I um, the episodes we've done. It is so crazy that we've almost done this for, for a full year. That is just so wild. Um, but yeah, episode 48. I'm your host, Jenna Anderson. Uh, we have a big show today. We have a lot to talk about. We have Hawkeye episode four and a ton of MCU news. But first and foremost, we have to acknowledge Jim Viscardi is out of jail. He's here to join us today. <laughs> That's the reason the show's big. He's Jim's very, back. Yeah, Let's go. we're very happy to have him here. So Jim is out of jail today. Um, so yeah, I'm your host, Jenna. Jim is here. Aaron Perrine is also here. What's going on, guys? And Jim, Jim is free. Is also here. <laughs> Good morning. Hello. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is just the gym show at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have so much to talk about this week. We have so much news. As I was putting this rundown together, I was cutting things that it was like in a more like less interesting week. We would be talking at length about like what Chris Chris Hemsworth or Benedict Cumberbatch said. But we have so much to talk about already that there's a lot to cover. So first and foremost, we're going to start off with Shang Chi is getting a sequel. It was officially announced yesterday. Um, Destin Daniel Cretton is returning to write and direct, and he has signed an a multi-year overall deal with Disney and Hulu. Um, Cretton is already working on a new MCU Disney Plus series. I think there was a report last night that said it is some sort of comedy. Um, what do we think that that could be? Because it feels like there's so many different... Is now, that there's, now that they said it's a comedy, I'm almost like, what part of Shang-Chi could be spun off in that sort of way? Or, or is it uh, honestly, something else new altogether? I'd, I'd love for him to do Agents of Atlas, uh, but as like a workplace comedy. Um, uh, is is what I need. Like like Agents of Atlas is a workplace comedy meets some of like the fun uh, like action adventure that like Shield used to do. More Agents of Shield used to do. That's that would be perfect for me. That would be awesome. I would love that. I, I was just gonna joke. I want to see a Trevor Slattery show where he's just like teaching theater to teens. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that like Trevor and Morris spinoff. Yes. Just I'd watch that out of that. Yeah, Aaron. What do you think? Oh man, the Trevor idea is so good. Um, <laughs> I, I guess it might involve Aquafina. I would love a weird thing where it's her and Darcy and, and, and Asia Lee, all of them together trying to do <laughs> side. It's like side characters <laughs> assemble. Like that would be That's so it. dope. They become the agents of Atlas. That's there it. you go. Sure. <laughs> Mail it in. We just wrote a show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you just described Jamie's perfect show. So perfect. 
Um, but yeah, so so that is very awesome news. Obviously, Dustin and Simu are friends of the show, so it's awesome that they're fishing. I mean, that's it. Look, if you watch the the interview we did with them, like they made they hinted very strongly that this was uh, was was going to be the case, and I think. Uh, obviously taking a look at the streaming number Shang-Chi had, the box office Shang-Chi had, the home release number Shang-Chi had. It is a no-brainer to bring uh, these guys back. So I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good for them. Uh, speaking of good news, uh, you guys, it's happening. It's official. Charlie Cox will <laughs> be back as Daredevil, according to... To Mr. Kevin Feige. Uh, he was talking to Cinema Blend and he said, if you were to see Daredevil in upcoming things, Charlie Cox, yes, would be the actor playing Daredevil. Where we see that, how we see that, when we see that remains to be seen. And then to screen rant about other Marvel Netflix characters, I always say that whenever a character comes back into the Marvel sandbox, it becomes another tool in the storytelling ability of the MCU. As I said before, the good news is uh, all will be revealed when people actually finally watch uh i think this is pretty cool i i don't know i feel like foggy is like messing with our brains and part of me wants to be like this this feels like a confirmation that charlie cox won't be in spider-man but then i'm like but maybe he's just like he's toying with us hard now and he's like he's just whatever happens i don't know what do you guys think it's a very mixed metaphor that we got yeah. from Feige, though, right? Like, it's a he's a you know when you come back to the Marvel sandbox, it's another tool in the. I'm like, no, you're either a tool in a toolbox or a toy in a sandbox. Feige, you know, come on, Feige. You he's know mixing up on. metaphors like somebody on Hawkeye was this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I we knew. I think like Brandon had said in the very first episode of the show that like Charlie Cox was coming back in some way, shape, or form. So it's this thing that like we've obviously been expecting in some form or fashion for like most of this year but it's still so weird to hear kevin feige himself say the words of like we're actually saying this but yeah i i agree with jamie it's like is he actually in spider-man or is feige just playing like four-dimensional chess and now it's something completely different like who knows I love how a direct confirmation leads to everybody running to the conspiracy board immediately. <laughs> We're all second guessing ourselves so hard about everything this man has said. Uh, I think it's awesome, of course. Shout out to Adam Barnhart and all the Save Daredevil crew. Like the biggest like victory lap I've ever seen on Saturday when, when it came out. Or was it Sunday? I can't remember. it. Time is a blur. Uh and I am wondering now, because of one Brandon Davis, if there's some sort of weirdness that's going to accompany some of the Netflix characters when they inevitably make the jump. Because, like, I think it's going to. I don't even. I don't. I'd say. I think it's just going to be super cut and dry. I think we'll get we'll get some of the actors back, and like, and like that's it. I think those Netflix shows live in their own little bubble, and like they may get nods to them because, because like, look. The, the characters all, you know, the, whatever universe that these characters come from, all share the same basic DNA for what make them heroes and whatever. Right. And so I think this is a an instance where, like, because the multiverse exists, they can just get away with we're taking the actors, but leaving the story, leaving the, the other story uh, behind. And I think like. At some point, like if that is a thing that people are just like, oh, I want the Netflix shows to be canon. I'm like, they can be canon in your heart, Uh, but it's time to move on and accept that. Hey, look, we got the characters in. Let's let's be happy about that. We love the actors portraying these characters. 
let's 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 see what happens next. In before I've said it before, and I'll say it again: with the multiverse, everything is canon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right, and that's beautiful. In before all the Netflix stuff happened in Doctor Strange's weird cube, or in before they're all mm-hmm. scrolls for Secret Invasion. Oh. In before. I could that would that would be such a weird way to just like to just justify all of that. Like I wouldn't put it past them. But yeah, I think we're just kind of kind of hand wave of like the the actors are here, the characters are here, that's enough. Like we're not gonna directly reference what happened in those Netflix shows. Cause even then, like most of the events of those shows, when you factor in the blip, happened so long ago that it's like you don't even really need to acknowledge a lot of it unless it like happens to come up. So yeah, yeah it's gonna be interesting either way. True. And uh, our multiverse shenanigans continue as Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 got a teaser this week, too. Like, so much stuff has happened. So, of course, we all were we all knew that there was going to be a follow up to Into the Spider-Verse. It did such a huge number at the at the box office. It won an Academy Award, everything. But we did not know that the story was going to be split across two films. Kind of shocked me when I heard it at first once it started sort of seeping out into the internet over the weekend so Shamik Moore is back as Miles our wonderful Hawkeye Haley Steinfeld is back as Gwen eventually awaiting the two of them staring at each other somehow eight years down the line uh Oscar Isaac Moon Knight is is in as Spider-Man 2099 like in the post-credit scene from the first one which is really interesting I wonder it looked like him and Miles were fighting in the clip so I don't know why they would be scrapping in what looked like, I guess, is India, right? It was like what mm-hmm. people were deconstructing on yep. social media because everyone's... Yeah, it was one of the blip, like when the thing was blipping, you saw um, you saw the just written Indian text and you're like, oh. Right. There, I learned this weekend that there's no word in Hindi for thwip, so they just spelled it out with the letters, wow. which was awesome and very, very one. crazy. The, cool. the level of detail in those movies is nuts. Like I still see stuff in Spider-Verse where I'm like, what? Like, really? <laughs> that was crazy. Um, so Lord and Miller told EW, Oscar had one condition of taking a gig. Don't make me boring. He's made a really complex character out of Miguel O'Hara, and he's definitely not boring. So we're going to get all the action for the next two years with Oscar Isaac to accompany the male nudity in, in Dune. <laughs> yeah look this is this is this is just one of the like i love that we're getting like we already know we're getting another one Mm -hmm. right like outside of just part part one we're getting a part two um i also you know love that you know you've got people behind the scenes like joaquin dos santos as a part uh, uh of this movie as well who is just like has got such a, a, a background in this stuff with animated storytelling that he is like, it, it's, it's going to be awesome. Um, I, I think the 2099 miles like tussle thing is going to be one of those, like, uh, you know, big misunderstandings that they, you know, there's a bigger threat or whatever at play uh, the which kind of led me to think, you know, they, they talk about, um, the you know the comics like I think even Amy said it this weekend in a number of interviews that Spider Verse happened you know it happened because the comics happened uh, and whatever that like I wonder if we get Morlin as a as a villain here uh, as the you know, main the main villain for from the comic series I mean he makes total sense uh, for it but what I what I really hope we get here more than anything else is 
that we get the nineties animated Spider-Man in this, in, in one of these two movies. If we don't like what kind of weird dungeon or though, like, is that locked up in that, that like, we can't make that happen. And I would be shocked that if they don't include the Spider-Man video game, Peter Parker mm-hmm. in, in this movie as well. Cause you know, Sony got to sell, sell some games and consoles. <laughs> Yeah, they have to remaster the game a third time. Give they got to remaster the game a third time, and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna introduce all the Spider Verse skins. Yeah, they're gonna get a new skin that's mm-hmm. gonna be fantastic. Yeah, I I was so happy with this teaser. Like, I just have to say, because like the way that the way that I ended up seeing it, I didn't see the title or like the part mm. one until I had actually got to that point in the video, and it was just like the endorphin rush that that gave me was like unparalleled. It was like this is like cap lifting Thor's hammer level of like, oh my god, I was not prepared for this. So like, I I'm so happy that they split it into two movies. I I completely agree with Jim. I feel like there are so many things that they can throw into this movie, and like we already know we're getting Jessica Drew. We're already getting getting like I think like an uh, anime version of Spider-Man like there's so many different iterations that they can really play with so I'm like I hope we get 90s animated in there somewhere like they the sky is the limit with these movies and I trust Lord and Miller and company to like make them amazing so I think we're winning either way so Jamie what do you think you haven't weighed in Oh yeah, I mean, heck yeah! You know, uh, you know me. I'm like, is will we get a cameo of Catherine Hahn being Doc Ock again? <laughs> That's all I can think about. Yes. Um, so I, I love. Uh, I really like. They had a. Um, Mitchell's in the machine Easter egg because you know this year Sony is like that's our Oscar contender so they're like how do we sneak that in I feel like they were trying that was like a four year consideration moment from Sony and <laughs> I respect it. Uh, the the other thing that was like a, a weird, not a weird thing, but just like the the nod or the thing that I didn't necessarily understand, uh, I would feel this way is that like the uh, Gwen and Miles have like grown up a little bit, mm-hmm. and like you can tell just in like their character designs and looks, and like you like this happens all the time, right? Like the Stranger Things kids are basically adults uh, having their own families at this point. Uh, but like to, to see them even just make an, you know, a nod like that, uh, or not even not like that, but the, the fact that they're doing that and, and knowing that there is a little bit of time between where we left off in the last movie to, to what we're getting here, uh, just feels cool. It's just a cool little, little thing that babies are growing up. <laughs> I completely agree. Jim, do you want to talk about the Dr. Strange leak? news so right like that's the the that's the big um the the big thing right where we we keep seeing hints of a shumagorath looking thing like popping up somewhere in um in dr strange we think we've we saw it in what if uh and you know time and time again we keep getting told um it's not shumagorath like don't like stop it um and so now there's a Lego set where the, the Shumagorath is, or the Shumagorath looking monster may be Gargantos, which is a, a character that was created by Roy Thomas um, and current DC editor in chief, Marie Severin um, in a, in an issue of Submariner uh, and like only has a couple comic appearance. I think this is, I think this is a red herring. I think that are, or they're like taking the name and putting it somewhere else or whatever. And, uh, and, and whatnot. Like, I think if anything, we're getting 
I think there are other Shuma Goreth looking beings that exist. And Shuma is like there and like there's one big mastermind behind it all that is Shuma Goreth that that we have not truly seen yet. And so like these are just like Shuma Goreth minions in the sense like I think Jen, I think you mentioned it, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago where it's like you just get Starro vibes uh, mm-hmm. potentially off Shuma where it's just like little offshoots um uh, of that and i think that's probably what we'll end up getting i think the gargantuan thing is is like is either a weird style guide thing or or red herring and like and if i'm wrong i'll be the first one to be like yep nope i was wrong but it's just it's just weird between the design and everything else that's going on like i don't what's going on here yeah i agree like i put in the i put in the notes i almost think this is like a he who remains standing in for kang kind of situation of like we're taking a name of a more obscure character and giving it as like a moniker or nickname for like a more famous character to kind of like throw you off a little bit so yeah it's like they all of the pieces feel like they're in place for it for them to be hinting at shuma so i'm kind of curious to see like if we're going to get him in in one way or another because having this villain who has two comic appearances to their name is kind of interesting it's like if that is really like a, a mini boss or the final boss of the movie that's kind of a choice so i feel like there's something more at play for sure yeah um and then in other news for this week so there was a lot of speculation and then debunking about whether or not we would maybe be getting a third trailer for no way home um jury is still out obviously anything could still happen but the movie is a little over a week away so it would be kind of weird to throw a trailer in that late um, a new listing on the British Board of Film Certification seemed to, su- seemed to suggest that a trailer would be released on Wednesday the 15th, which feels bizarre when that's literally a day before early screening start in the U.S. I know it's screening earlier in other countries. Um, the official Twitter account for the British Board of Sil- Film Certification did say um, that they they basically tweeted, hi there, this is a trailer that had already been released for Screen X. The release date on the website is the release date for the film and not for the trailer. We are updating our website to reflect this. So it was a lot of speculation, ultimately for nothing. If we are getting a trailer, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. But at the moment, it doesn't seem like this one is actually leading towards anything. So what do you all think about this? Yeah. No, thank you. Exactly. We, we know enough about this movie. Uh, let's just, (laughs) I don't need any more information. Uh, we're good. Um, I, I don't know. I think about this a lot. I feel like the only reason they're leaning into Willem Dafoe, Jimmy Fox and Alfred Molina at all is because Alfred Molina spilled the beans himself. Yeah. I feel like (laughs) because of that, that is the only reason they're focusing on the three of them so much. Uh, I think it's all, we've already been given too much information. So, you know what? We don't need a trailer. They sold Mm -hmm. a bagillion tickets. Uh, That's a real number. Look it up. And uh, (laughs) and so, yeah, I'm, I'm anti another trailer. I completely agree. Yeah. What what will what we will see is the movie will come out, and then there will be a trailer after the movie comes out that shows what we all expect to be in this movie in the form of uh, Tobey Maguire and, and Andrew Garfield, and that will be a whole other second mm-hmm. wave of marketing and stuff that Sony will be able to do. Um, you know, through that way, if they're in it, right? Andrew Garfield keeps telling people he's not in it, so. Uh, but like, man, if that was a thing that, um, I was, uh, 
uh, you know, if I was Sony and, and they were in that movie, that's exactly what, what I would do. But mm-hmm. uh, it was cool to see, though, and I, I caught bits and pieces of the panel that the three of them did at CCXP uh, this weekend. And um, there, there's a bit where, uh, you know, they're talking about like what made them return or whatever. And, uh, and Jamie Foxx had this, you know, really nice uh, story, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, like that he wasn't going to be blue and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm defunct. Oh, you know, it's just sitting there just like, like, just, you know, your, your uncle uh, at dinner telling a story kind of thing <laughs> about how, uh, you know, he felt that there was more to the Green Goblin character. And then Alfred Molina without a second when it's his turn, he goes, oh, no, it was for the money. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was perfect. Absolutely. I would kill to have dinner with those three. What I know. A, what a trio. <laughs> right? Oh my god! That's it. It's, it's, it's what you need. That's why we're you need like uh, Favreau to bring back that uh, that that you know dinner table show that he had, mm-hmm. which is like celebrities and whatnot sitting sitting around just chatting stories. I mean, it was just like. I can, it would just be so, so great. Um, on the topic of Spider-Man though, uh, I do want to, uh, to, to mention this and show this up. Obviously huge fan of, uh, of the show. Elliot has, uh, come up with a new, uh, new banner for the phase zero, Ooh. uh, Twitter account. And oh. there it is. That is adorable. <laughs> if you it. go on uh, Twitter, and I think I'm about to retweet it right now. I didn't get a chance to send this one to Aaron because I didn't get this one emailed. Um, <laughs> there is uh, it's a, there's a picture of me as Doc Ock in jail. But we're not going to oh show God. that on stream because Jim is broken out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to show that today. He has really cool so sunglasses. You want to yeah. go take a look at it. That go ahead so and awesome. you can go to my Twitter account. For the listener, like like we, yeah, we had no idea that that was happening. I had no idea. So yeah, no, they, literally, Elliot dropped it into my inbox last night. Uh, and, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, that, that is absolutely amazing. Um, but also, we're not going to show the doc today. I love seeing okay. things in real time on this show. Like, I love when I don't know something's coming and then I, it's, I get a genuine reaction because. That was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, in in other more Spider-Man news, look, the inevitable was coming for this franchise. Venom 3 on the way. I think it's one of those things where, uh, look, Venom 2 got got banned in China for some reasons or other. I think they blamed it on uh, uh, Tom Hardy said something uh you know that that got the movie in trouble or whatever for or got him in trouble so trying to said no venom 2 in china uh but look this is a monster franchise we now that we know it's connected in some form to the mcu or has a connection with tom holland's uh uh spider-man i mean this was a a no-brainer i think uh, amy pascal said that you know it's still planning stages at this point but come on like if they if Sony's going to be making Spider-Man movies, Venom's going to be as big uh as as Spider-Man. And so uh I'm look I mean look, I like I like them. So I'm I'm ready for more. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I want them to be like the new Ernest franchise of like Venom goes to camp, Venom goes to jail. <laughs> and, like just give me like I want Venom and Eddie in as many weird situations as you can possibly put them in. I just like imagining that they're still on the beach in Mexico eating chicken. Like they're just having the best time. So 
I am all for more Venom movies. I think they know exactly what they're trying to be. And we need that in this kind of Spider-Man space and just in the Marvel space in general. So I'm, I'm very excited for it. I know Tom Hardy basically already had a third movie written while they were filming the second because he's basically writing these movies himself. So that's just kind of cool to see that they're already moving forward. What do y'all think? As, as much as I did not care for Let There Be Carnage, I'm like, I'm still going to get excited for more Tom Hardy <laughs> shenanigans. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, he's so good at it. Like, uh, and you know, and as you know, I like the first movie. So I'm, I'm what, one for two and I'm, I'm going to keep getting excited. And I can't wait on Friday. I really hope Supriyaki drops their uh, Venom 2018 is a romantic comedy t-shirt because <laughs> I need that in my life so I do too. hard. Yep. So yeah, I'm Aaron, what do you think? Um, so, yeah, of course, we all knew this was coming. There's just too much. There's too much money. Just entirely, entirely too much. As much as people might have quibbles with it, like people love watching Tom Hardy and this goo monster have their madcap <laughs> adventures. And I, for one, would enjoy, since we left off with them in some sort of weird tropical locale, road trip movie to New York to go get Spider-Man. In a station wagon. It would be wonderful. It would be delightful. Although, although we're really missing an opportunity for like uh, Eddie Brock to like show up at an elementary school for career day. Oh my uh, god! Like explaining what he does and just like <laughs> seeing what what the the symbiote thinks of elementary school is just. That I just need awesome. to see that interaction happen. <laughs> like as much as I want the weird domestic stuff, it's like, I also feel like we could get to a point with Venom where we could get like null and the more like weird cosmic symbiote stuff. Like, I feel like that is entirely within the realm of possibility with how big they're progressively going. It's like, just give me all of it. Like let Venom get its own Avengers Endgame at a certain point, because like these movies are popular and there's a good reason for it. Cause we'll watch Tom Hardy do basically anything. So either way, it's just, it's just great news. Um, Aaron, do you want to talk about the rumor that has popped up recently. Sure. Speaking of uh, great news, we had something break literally while we were breaking down the document for the show rundown. Uh, <laughs> we got a report here from uh, Daniel Rickman over our RPK on Twitter that Corey Stoll, the Yellow Jacket actor from Ant-Man, uh, will be playing MODOK in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And that only launches further questions because... We haven't seen him in a while. We saw his helmet in Loki, but we haven't seen him. And that would mean that it wouldn't be the normal origin of MODOK at all. Between weird grainy t-shirt pictures for <laughs> Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania and this news, this is, this is going to be a wild one, along with some other weird rumors that are out there that are floating around about, you know, certain archers maybe popping up in the in the third Ant-Man movie. Like, I, I don't know what to expect anymore. It's going to be a really weird movie. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think this is one of those things where like this, I would love for this to just be like the effects of quantum energy or whatever on, on Corey. And like, you can just show like what happens when uh, that is used irresponsibly. And I think like, it's a, it's a interesting way to, I guess, take the character uh, or to take the idea of the villain and, and modify it for, for the MCU. Um, but like I said, like, I think uh, Kofi's in the chat saying like, I forgot that Evangeline Lilly like spoiled Corey stole like months ago. Just being like, Oh yeah, I can't wait for, uh, you know, Corey, Corey to come back. And um, you know, I think it, look, if this, if this happens, that would be uh, uh, pretty great. I mean, like obviously they can't, 
Uh, like a lot of people, when the Modoc rumor first came out, they're like, it has to be Patton Oswald. I'm like, look, if you uh, haven't seen Eternals yet, uh, we Patton Oswald has his MCU role. He's got two MCU roles, technically. Uh, I don't think uh, he can be a, a card carrying third one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I think it'll it'll be interesting. I, I'm I am shocked, and, and uh, TJ mentioned it in the chat as well that we are getting uh, we may be getting a like screen accurate Modoc before we get a screen accurate um, Zola. Like mm-hmm. I, I know we've seen like Zola in like his various weird forms that have been very you know uh, uh, we've gotten close like with the screens and whatnot. But um, but yeah, I mean there's the giant head on screen. Imagine seeing Modoc in IMAX. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very curious to see, like, morbidly, of, like, how will this work in live action? Because Modoc is one of those characters, like, no matter how you render him in CGI, it's going to look a little weird. And so it's like, I trust them, but I'm very curious to see how this works. God, this is I an interesting... It, I hope it doesn't look like that Pip CGI, because... I know, I know. God, Shrek 2 energy over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm I, a little bummed, because it's like, as much as I'm morbidly curious and excited to see, like, how Corey stole becoming modok works in this context i i loved the modok tv show so much i loved his like modok himself and his comic accurate kind of world and family and status quo and so part of me did want to see that in the mcu but if we're still getting the character in this way it's like i'll be happy but i did kind of want to see even if it wasn't Patton playing him i did kind of want to see that normal status quo but either way it's like this is a very interesting revelation I'm I'm excited it's finally happening only because I, I was bitter when they originally told Agents of Shield they could use Modoc and they mm. took it back and they were like mm, actually never mind so mm. I've been like uh, then where's the payoff because you didn't let them do it so where is it so I'm, glad <laughs> about that. I'm I'm confused about how about Corey but I really like Corey um, I, yeah. I I saw West Side Story last week and I was excited to see him pop up in that like he's a really good actor talented dude so i'm i'm interested but but also confused about it mm-hmm. or one out for the jim carrey fan casts i know or one out well and like the agency's show thing just reminded me that like we were gonna get him in new warriors too like they that they were teeing that up if that show had actually come uh, to fruition yeah. and keith keith david would have played him which like i want to see that he's gonna go play a villain on star girl next season and that is the closest we're gonna get but it's like i i do mourn the fact that we never got keith david as modok because that would have been amazing so but yeah Jamie, do you want to talk about the other little piece of news that I threw in that we had to talk about? Oh, man. You know, bless Gwyneth Paltrow and her and her flighty, flighty brain. Uh, it's, really, it's just obliviousness at this point, uh-huh. which is just it's beautiful. Glorious. You know, she doesn't care. She's just here for that. She the paycheck. She's over it. She's done. So I guess. She doesn't know what or who Hawkeye is. Somebody uh, asked her about it, like on her Instagram stories, like asked about Hawkeye. And she just goes, no, what is that? And the thing is, how do you live in society and just not like see a commercial for Disney Plus and to know (laughs) Hawkeye exists? It's just like, I I don't you, you just have to be in your own, you know, or even if you're being like life. chauffeur, chauffeur down Hollywood Boulevard, like there's mm-hmm. no way you're not seeing a Hawkeye billboard. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, I feel like she probably doesn't even know who Hawkeye is <laughs> um, like, true. you know what? She she was in a whole battle with him uh, in Avengers Endgame. But she she I bet you she doesn't know who Jeremy Renner is. <laughs> and, I think, <laughs> and you know what? I think that's beautiful. Girl. <laughs> 
you, you do you. You have your money. <laughs> you have your candles. There it is. You have your lips. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, I need you to weigh in on this because you were telling me that you have thoughts. <laughs> oh, it's just so funny because this is like the fourth time this happened. I, I feel like people just wheel her in and she does the acting and they wheel her out and that's it. And she's gone. And thank you. Send the check. And it's cool. I mean, it's funny. All of us obsess over this stuff. And she's like, ah, what? I I guess her and Thanos need to have like a game show where they can identify people that they don't know because she's the same way. She's like, I don't know who you are. I have no idea. I've never met you before, Tom Holland. We were in so many things that I spoiled. Um, It's just very funny. Please have her back in MCU so she can do this more. Yeah. So she can do it again. I love it. Absolutely. I genuinely think it's hilarious and like whole and I like and I don't even like I think it's kind of wholesome too. It's like, it is. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's very endearing. So, mm. all right. Well, so that's it for the MCU news for this week. This was a chunky episode already. We have so much. We had so much news to cover. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about Hawkeye episode four. Full spoilers. So stay tuned. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. We are back with phase zero and we're going to talk about Hawkeye episode four. Um, I feel like there's a lot to talk about on this episode. I know the chat is already kind of blowing up with stuff to talk about. So I guess we'll just go around and share our reactions to start off. Jim, you're at the top of the board. So if you want to go first. Uh, look, after last week's episode uh, and how like crazy and whatever it was, I appreciate the the ability to, to step back a little bit. But man, I don't trust Kate's mom one bit. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> she is obsessed. If you're not watching live, you just missed an amazing face journey from <laughs> Jamie. It was perfect. Yeah, I mean, look, it's I, I think the, the the you know, it's funny. I, I wish Brandon were here to, to make the joke because I, I wanted to be like, forget about Avengers Tower. I need to know who owns the Avengers compound. Like what? Like what's going on there? Maybe they own both. Who maybe it's the same person owns both? But uh, so many, so many questions. I don't trust Eleanor uh, a single bit. But it, it proves to be um, the peeling of the onion, you know, per se. To go back to our Shrek, uh, Shrek reference, uh, it, it continues to be uh, really, um, really nice. I think uh, this is 
probably one of the better paced of the shows. Um, definitely. Uh, it's definitely a better paced than Falcon and winter soldier. Um, and, and I will see if it's six, the landing, but right now I think I like this show a little bit better than Loki. Um, but, uh, but it's been, it's been a really interesting ride. And just, I mean, look, Haley Seinfeld as Kate Bishop, we've said it, we've said it a million times before. We're going to say it a million times over is ju- she's just so good in that role. Like, like her, her casting as Kate Bishop is um, basically like the Tom Holland to Spider-Man. Uh, I feel where like I think they they capture the essence of those characters uh, so well, and um, you know I I want and maybe we'll, we'll talk about this later, but I do have a theory about who uh, it, Eleanor was on the phone with. Very interesting, Jamie. What do you think? Oh, gosh, I love this episode. It doesn't beat last week for me, but it comes close. You know, I've been thinking a lot about how I've never been a Clint hater, but I did have Clint fatigue after Endgame because it really bothered me that both Ultron and Endgame had a whole plot where it was like making (laughs) you think he's going to die and then he doesn't. And in both cases, it's like someone else dies in his place. And it bothered me in Endgame that it felt like he only got to live over Nat because he has kids. And I was like, F that noise. That's not that's I, I take offense to that. But uh, but I've never disliked him. I like Renner's performance, and I'm just so glad the show exists now because I'm so I'm I'm over my Endgame beef because his chemistry there with with Kate is beautiful. I it's one of my favorite duos that has ever existed in the MCU. It's so wholesome. It's so pure. Uh, it, I, I'm just so into it. Like them just having Christmas together really really <laughs> made me happy. It was just so sweet. Um, uh, real, real pleased with with that whole scenario. So I'm, I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, and like Clint's reaction to uh, Kate getting the coin flip thing, mm-hmm. like when she gets it, like the, the Renner like played that perfectly. Like it was, it felt like genuine shock and awe. Uh, like I thought they were going to run that gag a little bit longer, uh, like just having her miss, 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 and then just have her get it so soon. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean. There's so much to like about this series and we haven't gotten to like even the meatiest parts about it yet. I've enjoyed a couple of you in the chat have come on Twitter and been like, I agree with you. This is the best one of these. And I, I, it's just weird because we're not even to any of the crazy stuff. The freaking yeah. producers keep saying like tre- treating them like the fifth episode is going to end all of you and we're not there yet. And it's already mm-hmm. a leader in the pack to me. Like Bert and Birdie deserve all the credit for the blocking and the sort of staging of these scenes. Cause one of the things I really enjoyed not to get too like nerdy about this, but that we're, this episode is really about black widow in a lot of ways. It's mm-hmm. like about black widow in a lot of ways. Yelena is in it for like a little bit, but it's really about what happened with Nat. the way that they stage all the shots when they're on top of that building with the chasm and stuff falling down and the stuff with the grappling hook and cutting her loose and stuff like that. There's a little bit of the Avengers in game score while she's hanging there. It's just <laughs> delightful. It's oh. so good. It's so good. I just, I, I can't get over it. I'm like, yo, this is really, really good. Like I said before, I when before this thing even started, I'm like, how are you going to make me truly care about Clint? He's delightful and fun, and he's like the straight man and the anchor for everybody else, but how are you going to really, and it really has dug us all in. Like, yo, like I really feel bad for this dude. When he turned off his like hearing aid to like have his hello darkness my old friend moment i was like oh this is really sad this is really upset um so i can't wait to see where it goes next but like 
what a what a cool cool episode we haven't even pulled out the big guns yet it's episode four i hope everybody's yeah. ready we're gonna get our hearts ripped out and that's lit. i think this show has some of the best cliffhangers since wandavision yeah in the sense that like they they almost feel like it, it, it it's the most comic book feeling show in that like you get to the end of the episode and there is a great hook to get you, you know, to get you excited for the next, and and I love that about the show, and so and that and that that's that, not necessarily a, a Hawkeye character thing or whatever. That is a true credit to to Burton Birdie for, like you said, structuring the the shows in a way that um that get people kind of excited, almost in the way that I'm kind of bummed that like not more people are talking about this show because it really is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with everything that you guys have already said. This not only feels, again, like WandaVision, it's like the most comic booky of the shows, but it also feels the most like a TV show. Like it understands yeah. pacing in a way that is very much a TV show while also understanding that it is an MCU story. Um, I like I tweeted something to the effect of like this episode is very good filler. I did not mean that in a derogatory way. It's just kind of like we this was a lot of like very necessary kind of interlude and character stuff and just kind of build up so that the ne- the next two episodes can be absolutely insane and but like that being said there's so many great character moments i agree like the action and the pacing of that fight scene at the end was so cool i almost wish we didn't live in the kind of spoiler world that we live in and like we didn't know that yelena was definitely going to be in this show because i feel like the reveal of her being there at the end would have broken the internet if people didn't already know it ahead of time like i know there are a lot of viewers who like are not keeping up with the news and are not aware of every Everything. So they probably still felt that surprise, but I almost wish like everybody got to feel it kind of on the same level. But like that being said, I am so, so excited to see like how she fits into the last two episodes, because obviously we all love Yelena on this show. So Aaron, what do you, quick, what do you want to say? Quick question. Mm-hmm. Does anybody else think that Laura was a black widow too? Yes. Okay. So oh. we need to talk about this because I, the, I know the okay. chat has suggested a theory that I'm kind of on the same wavelength with i think she is either a black widow or she is mockingbird because uh, let's see that i saw the mockingbird thing and i was like <laughs> yeah i want to i want to hear jamie weigh in on this because i know this is kind of hard <laughs> to those the gears are, are, are cranking there because she is like hold on a second I was joking last night. I'm like, she's like the wife in the chair now where uh-huh. she's like doing investigations <laughs> and all of a sudden she can speak other languages. And it didn't, it didn't really occur to me that these, what? Oh my God. Uh, I would love it because uh-huh. Linda is amazing and she deserves more than to be wife pat on the back wife who's like perfect wife i mean I'm, i don't know you guys i've never seen a wife so perfect in my life uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously that is straight up like relationship goals in mm-hmm. the thing like the fact that like just just clint walking in the street just like talking about his day at work mm-hmm. and 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 her just getting it was just like such a weird but 100% relatable thing uh, that you're just like, good God, you, that man is so lucky and <laughs> and he needs, he needs to, I hope he, he knows that. Mm-hmm. I, I would, of course, uh, be a little disappointed because it'd be like further confirmation that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't canon, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, sure. So maybe like, let her be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but e- either way, let her be somebody and let her mm-hmm. punch somebody in the face or something cool. I don't know. Let her do cool stuff. 
Like, I do feel like they could still make her Mockingbird and make it just like a mantle. Like, she could just be one of several and retired. And then we got Bobby in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that all, that all is still technically canon. But yeah, it's like, because I was thinking about it during the episode. I was like, she almost is a little too savvy. And it's also like I've seen people point out online, she has not really left their their farmhouse at all yep. and so if it's a thing where she was a shield agent she was mockingbird she was a black widow whatever and now she had to kind of like assume a new identity and go undercover and that is why we're at where we're at now so she Jamie. couldn't have been a black widow yeah because she birthed three children <laughs> oh <laughs> true that's a good point what well so what like the mockingbirds may have been the shield version of the black widow program yeah just in like a weird training thing, not like the weird st- kidnap children and make them death agents. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I need to make sure that was very clear. Thank you for specifying. Good job, Jim. But yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Cause I, I did want to ask, like I have it in the notes. Do we think that's her watch? Because like the way that Clint is speaking about like, this is somebody who like, their identity needs to be kept secret and this is all that sort of stuff. It's like, it could very well be her watch because we now know that Maya knows Laura's name and knows all about Clint's family. So it's like, he could just be trying to protect her own identity in the same way that he was trying to protect himself by getting the Ronin suit back. So do y'all yeah, agree? Or it was do you a think pretty masculine, it's a pretty masculine looking watch though. I mean, I maybe that, maybe that doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. And I took it I'm as like, a, for a good, she gifted it to him. And like, oh. like GPS so that she could like not track him, but like keep, keep having a track him. If you were to get kidnapped like or on something. His missions yeah. and stuff. That's how kind of how I took it. Like it was a gift that connects them. Like, and I'm like, maybe her dumbass engraved the back or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the image of him being in trouble and her and Nat swooping in through like skylights to just kick butt and roundhouse kick people is too tremendous. If that is really what happened, Jamie, and we don't get some sort of weird <laughs> flashback, seeing it happen, yeah, that's a miss for me. I need to see it. I, mm-hmm. In fact, I, if she doesn't kick anybody by the end of this, I'm going to be upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if she doesn't slam some dude's head in the oven, like while they're doing cookies or something, I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> Why? You had a chance. It was right there. That so, would be amazing. I don't know. Like, I know there's already been speculation about like whether or not this show could get a second season, like just centering on Kate or just doing whatever. But now I'm almost like if they save the reveal that Laura is Mockingbird or is some other sort of costume characters, like you could explore that in a second season. Like we could get Linda Cardellini in a superhero costume kicking butt. So it's like, I hope that ends up happening because I feel yeah. like we, we all want that to happen. I think the, I think the problem with these Disney plus Marvel show or these Marvel studios, Marvel shows is that they, they, they're not traditional television. Uh, Mm -hmm. These are, these are event series that like Loki is getting a season, a second season only because like it's can really continue. Like that story is still far from over in a way that like it's getting a season two in the sense that like season one wasn't 12 episodes. Right. Um, And, and so like, I think, like it, whatever they do next would be titled something and, and and it has to fit into the the ongoing MCU narrative that they've built uh but you're right like if i mean but if it was traditional uh like television that's 100% i think what we'd get uh for sure um but whatever anyway eleanor is totally on the phone with uh val calling yeah. it that's it okay got to be yeah, I was curious of everyone's theories because I'm like, it's either Val or it's Fisk. 
like at this point. But I, I could definitely see Val because that would explain how Yelena then immediately gets yep. to their whole deal. Mm, Aaron, what, what do you want to say? Jamie, it's time for spin the wheel of evil ladies. Let's go. <laughs> we got a lot of them. We got a lot of them because it could be Sharon too. It could be Sharon too. She's laying out there in the cut. You know, there, there's a whole, like, what's, what's, I can never pronounce Shang-Chi's sister's name right now. I want to make sure I get it right. Is it Jialing? Yeah. Is it, yeah. Yes. She exists too. There's mm-hmm. too many evil ladies. It's amazing. <laughs> there's never too many. There's a lot of evil. Man, there's a lot of evil ladies out here, y'all. I just remember when like Hella showed up and it was like, oh my god, we finally have an evil lady in the MCU. This <laughs> is so insane. And then now it's just like an overabundance of evil women. Like we're yeah, it, it's keep winning. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are so many possibilities now that you break that down because I'm like, yeah, they could just throw in the curveball of like she's calling Sharon or Jaling or somebody else. Like who knows. I think it could be Val given the Yelena connection and like how she immediately then was able to attack them. But I, yeah, it's either Val or Fisk. Cause I feel like we're, we're still, Fisk is still percolating in the background in one way or another. So team Val just uh, for obviously. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> so think- any further. I, I mean, like, and, and honestly, I think, I think both are at play here because I think there's the, um, you know, there, there, there's the, the Ronin thing that's happening. Right. And like, you know, essentially, you know, th- then there's the whole Jack part of this, right. The, the stuff that we learned in today's episode that, you know, Jack is presumably working for the Kingpin since he's running the, the money laundering operation. And so that's kind of where I feel like that kind of sits in its own kind of offshoot. And then, then you just have the weird, uh, you know, evil Kate mom, Kate's mom thing just going on when she like realized, like, you know, it's like not a sleeper agent or whatever, but someone who works for whatever shady organization Val's working for, um, which I would love for it to be hammer. It would be amazing if it was. Um, but, uh, so I mean, yeah, it's, I, I think both can exist in this world, but I don't necessarily think Val and Fisk are working together unless Fisk is running hammer or funding hammer. I could see that. And Fisk would be the MCU's version of Norman Osborn. Yeah. I can see, I can see that as well. I really like that. That definitely feels possible. Jamie, what did you want to say? I know that like, I'm normally not one for, guesses and theories but i think that eleanor put jack's name in that on the mm-hmm. document so that if anything went wrong that man's taking the fall like i i loved the moment where eleanor and jack were like dancing and she was so happy and mm-hmm. i love that kate reacted happy that yeah. really pleased me but i i i think that because she's i think that kate saying i've never seen you like this before I think Eleanor is playing Jack. Uh, I think Jack's a sweet, sweet man who's a little yep. dope, dope. And I don't. I think that uh, that she put his name on something. Yep. So that that he could take the fall if if things go wrong. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like it's all just a misdirect, and he is just a very good egg, just in a very bad situation. Like that mm-hmm. scene and him mixing up his metaphors and just trying to be like this good stepdad. It was just like this is too endearing for you to then be <laughs> evil. Like, please just let this man be good, yeah. and then we get to Eleanor being shady and potentially being Madame Mask. Well, like, then there, then there's also the the all too obvious like foreshadowing that we're supposed to be meant to believe. Like when Clint realizes 
that Jack has the the Ronin sword that you know Jack just bought off you know criminal eBay basically uh, <laughs> and is just a just a collector right and uh, and so like so like all of that is just like all right well like there's something going on with Jack and I'm like I don't think I don't think there's anything going on with Jack Jack's just a uh, just a, a sweet man caught in a criminal empire just uh, trying to keep to his hobbies and 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 have a family that's all he wants. Absolutely. And, and then, the yes. <laughs> and then we do have to, we do have to talk about Elena cause she, her, her entrance was with great fanfare. Um, I know like I had written this up when the, the promo for this episode first came out, but I love that she has like a Thunderbolts quasi sort of costume of like the black with the green little oh, dots the, and stuff. The, yeah. The splinter it, cell goggles. Oh, exactly. Oh yeah. It feels very similar to like when she became an adaptoid in the comics and that was the costume that she wore. So I love that. Um, what was everyone's kind of reactions or whatever to oh, Yelena? Cause I, I literally hit it. my boyfriend very hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, even though I knew it was her, like I, there was no doubt, but I was still yeah. like, ah, ah, it's happening. It's finally happening. I, um, I, I do have to, I have a hard out in, in five minutes. So I'm going to uh-huh. let you guys continue the conversation. I just wanted to, there, the one moment that just totally got me was the, her shaking her head to mm-hmm. Kate when Kate's got the, the, the arrow ready to, ready to go. And just like, was, was just so good. I was just like, so much is said in that tiny head, like head shake that it's just like, Oh, like then that's, that's the kind of stuff that like we as comic fans love and, uh, you know, reading issue to issue, like in the now episode to episode, like that's the stuff. And I'm just like, Oh, I need to see what that meant. Give me more. And why I love weekly releases instead of the binges. Cause now I have to wait. Absolutely. And I yeah. like waiting. Yep. Okay. Absence makes the heart grow older. perfect absolutely perfect but yeah i love how florence like without saying a single line of dialogue it's like she she was able to make such an impact like that that head shake was just just top notch so good yeah aaron what do you think uh, one of my favorite comic tropes is hey this could all be diffused by a conversation but we're not gonna have a conversation We're going to punch at each other for at least 15 minutes. We could all hash this out. And the weird triple standoff of she doesn't even know who Echo is, right? She's just like, who are you? Why are you here? You're in my way. Get out of my way. Um, Even Echo is like, what the fuck? I was sitting in my house and then the alarm went off and there was a girl with a bow and arrow. And now there's this other lady with splinter cell goggles like Sam Fisher. Why are you all here? Get out of my house. Um, but it's just very good. I, I'm excited to see. I also think that she looked at her and shook her head because she's like, that's a line you don't want to cross. I've mm-hmm. been you before. You, yeah, you can't go back from this line. So you're going to let me go and I'll let your friend live for now. For now. The weirdest part about that teaser, Jenna, was there was all that weird electricity in the background. That mm-hmm. did not happen in this episode. They had it like, you know, Marvel with their oh. weird trailer. Yeah. Coming. Yeah. Like You're like, oh, this is going to be the standoff on the rink outside of Rockefeller Center. No, it's not. No. We're uh, blocks I, and blocks and blocks away. Yep. But great. I do have one fun. more one more fun kind of personal anecdote uh, uh-huh. about this episode is um, the, the lights that are in Maya's apartment. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, when Clint realized, oh, that's just like let her know that's like someone has entered her apartment or whatever. Uh, I grew up in a deaf household. Both my parents are deaf. And so our whole household was basically wired that anytime the doorbell rang, anytime the phone rang or whatever, 
every lamp in my freaking house would just start flashing as a way like that's just like that's how we knew and it would flash on like different be like the doorbell had one cadence and the phones had another cadence um and I just remember one time, like having friends over uh, and like the phone rang and the, all of a sudden it's a disco party in my house uh, <laughs> because of the flashing lights. They're like, what the what the heck is going on? And so I, I, I appreciate that. Now. Oh, you're muted, Jim. Yeah, I. I appreciated I, what it says. I appreciated that, like aspect of deaf living uh and i have to go and so uh but i love this episode it's great you guys have fun thank you so much for Hi, joining jim. us jim Hi, yeah jim. i um, love just the idea of like yelena kate and maya just as a trio mm -hmm. and i just all i want is the show to end with like them having like their birds of prey margarita moment yes. where it's like they've all fought but they all are so like they're similar ages they've they mm -hmm. have similar skills like Let's just have them like get a little chipsy together and have a nice time. <laughs> we already had so many margaritas in this episode, so it's like, why not? I yeah, like. Right. I was just. Yo, the snaps oh, happening. I think, yeah. The, yeah, what's the happening? Snaps uh, happening. Jen, Jen is frozen. Oh, oh god. Uh, oh no, she's back. She's back. <laughs> okay, good. Oh god, Aaron, or, we've been left to our. I know, right? Places. Exactly. This oh, isn't god. good. <laughs> we gotta go get the stones. We gotta build a thing. I will buy a van, Jamie. We're gonna get this right. We're gonna fix this. We're gonna fix this right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're like, like, like Darcy, you know, and Jimmy, like, like left, like to to have to. <laughs> I'm gonna first. Jesus we're gonna get chips. <laughs> yeah, is she uh, back? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, what else happened in this episode that we could talk about while we're killing time? Okay, so I would like to ask for, I guess, for like for the guy that they were supposed to talk to with the police. He never came back up. We just ne she never showed up. Aren't they going to get out of this and they're going to be like, "Yo, you said you were going to show up before work to talk to us about whatever's going on, and you did not pop up." Also, I am terrified for the LARPers. I'm very scared for all of them. It is not good. They're so cute. The vibes are not great. Like, I'm like, Something's oh, you guys are all here. Mm. Oh, Jenna's I don't, back. Oh. I don't know what happened. My Wi-Fi, like, crapped out in the middle of that. I'm like, oh, no. Um, well, we panicked. Yeah, uh, I am so sorry. This is not like a survivor <laughs> situation where we're just all progressively <laughs> logging off. Um, that was not it. Yeah, Feige is trying to sabotage here, as, as Spark Security <laughs> pointed out. I am so sorry about that. That's never happened before. That was so wild. Um, but, yeah, what were, what were y'all talking about while I dipped out, while I got blipped? Um, Jenna? Jamie? Is Jamie? Oh, okay, God. Jamie, you're here. The Go LARPers, ahead. the LARPers. Wow. Oh, awesome. we, okay. we really are like co hosts. <laughs> this, is, this is such that a really our job. We, We're here we, to, to add some sprinkle. <laughs> we lose PD for one week, and this is just absolute <laughs> chaos. Um, can I just say, though, like, I do want to add one thing before we wrap up. I love how they dealt with the Ronin reveal because I was expecting it to be a thing where Yelena told Kate and then it was this like very CW sort of thing of like, you lied to me. You didn't tell me you were Ronin. <laughs> and it's like they handled that so maturely of like her just figuring it out herself and just understanding the grief of that. Like that was just so well done. I 100 percent agree. One of my least favorite tropes in anything is uh, secrets 
that are uncovered in, in a way that is un, are unnecessary. Um, I cannot stand that because in real life, secrets can be kept, but on TV, secrets will always be revealed and it's stressful. And I, I like that she figured it out herself and that she wasn't judgy about it. I completely yeah. agree. It's funny because he keeps calling her a kid, but she has very good emotional intelligence, like very, yeah. very measured. Like there's a time to be silly, but also she's like, yeah, this dude lost his family and then Black Widow died. And like, it must have been really rough. And even though the stuff you did as Ronan is bad, you're still my hero. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to imagine is going to come into play when they eventually suit up because the seeds for that were laid here, too with the LARPers being the ones to deliver the stuff. I don't know where they're going to get anything that would actually protect that man from, but who knows? We'll we see. can dream. I, I loved, I, I know the whole chat is talking about this, but I loved the bag from the one LARPer. I hope she gets it back <laughs> because that did sound like a very nice bag. We better see that. And I, I would like to see your wife too. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, but yeah, do, do either of y'all have anything else to add about this episode? This was such a good episode. Like this was just awesome. Jamie, you want to go first? I just, um, I, on one hand, I'm happy there's only two left because as I said in the past, this makes it an easier bingeable Christmas thing every year. But I'm like, oh, but I'm also so sad <laughs> that we're almost done. Uh, but uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just really stoked about everything. Next week is going to be a big week. It definitely is. Yeah. Like, get, I, yeah, get ready. I think it's a testament to the show itself that without all the hyping from all the other people about how episode five is going to break everything, if I didn't hear that, I would still be really, really excited for what's coming next because so many of the threads are like coming into focus where you don't know what's going to happen with Yelena. Like, obviously, Big Willie style is still out there in the ether <laughs> just waiting, right? Clint's got to get through his issues. Like, hopefully, Laura kicks somebody. Like, will they actually get home? There's so many things like just in the air that I'm like, even without the other MCU-ness of it all, I would still be really, really invested in seeing what's coming next. Also, we have an entire Echo series to set up. Yep. She's going to need something to do that entire six or whatever episodes it's going to be. And we don't know what that is yet. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I'm already so excited. And that was before, like, the, the internet was going to be broken. Comments started coming out. So, yeah, it's just it's just so much fun being in the Hawkeye era. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much to everybody for joining us today. And the chat has been on fire today, which has been just so awesome to see. Um, I am still so sorry my internet cut out. I feel so bad about that. I don't yeah, know you know, Aaron and I handled it like pros. So Good. I, yeah, I'm just like, I'm going to go hide in a corner now because I don't know how that happened. We actually um, performed Ashley Simpson while you were gone. Perfect. We did dances and performed Ashley Simpson to fill the time. So you're great. You're fine. Don't worry perfect. about it. Um, but, yeah, thank you to everyone in the chat for making this so much fun. And thank you to Jamie, Aaron, and Jim. Jamie, do you have anything you want to plug or say before we wrap up? Yeah, uh, check out my other podcast, Hollywood Already Did It, because we pair uh, Hawkeye episodes with Christmas action movies. Uh, last week's episode, we did a whole superhero thing. So we did Batman Returns, Shazam, and Iron Man 3. It was a fun mm-hmm. one. Uh, this coming week for episode, uh, this newest episode, we're doing Reindeer Games, which I've never seen. So it's going to be the, the the first one of this, our little podcast the, of a new movie for me. And next week, we're doing one of my faves, Arthur Christmas. So, uh, reindeer games is wild. Like you are not ready. I'm excited. I I saw it forever ago. I've been meaning to revisit it, but it is, it is a trip of a movie. So I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. Um, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron, what do you, what do you have to say? Um, I want to thank everybody for coming through for Spider-Man 
quarantine watch parties with Brandon last night, uh, far from home. It was fun to see some of the tweets. That was great to see. Um, I also want to say shout out to George Perez as casually yes. cosplaying and saying, because goodness gracious, what mm-hmm. a legend. Just so much modeling of what we talk about and work around and like love comes from that man. So if you can, you know, they have a fa- they have a Facebook account set up. Go say thank you. Go talk about your favorite stuff. He could probably use hearing it right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. And I'm at some of the corner on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. Please go read George Perez comics because he is just an incredible man. Like we're the comic book world is so lucky to have him. So please read his stuff and just let him know how much you love him while while we have the opportunity to. Um, but yeah, I'm at his gentleman on Twitter. Jamie is at Jamie Cinematics on Twitter. Aaron is at Summit Lake Hornet. Jim is at Jim Viscardi. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. We will be back next week with Hawkeye episode five and probably stuff tied to Spider-Man since that movie will be coming out a couple days later. So stay tuned. And there's our awesome header image that is so so cool. Um, but yeah, take care, go read some comics and have a good rest of your week. 